Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sounds Like Sam. I'm your host, Sam, and thank you for listening and joining me on this episode. Really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please go subscribe to my podcast, Sounds Like Sam, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you uh, give it a review, subscribe to it, and uh, yeah, keep up with the show. So uh, yeah, uh, this week's episode, I'm going to go over week's a recap of weeks 15 through 17 uh, because I just wasn't really able to get to them uh, and a lot of interesting things happened over that that time span so I'm, I'm going to give you the the biggest bits that you'll you'll want to hear from that but I'm also going to talk about uh, a big subject in football right now which is uh, Demar Hamlin and uh, what happened to him in the Bills versus Bengals game on Monday night of week 17 so probably the biggest thing and really most current event to date on the show I'll just get right into it um talking about Demar Hamlin he's a he's a 24 year old played college football at Pitt he is a he was a six he was a sixth round pick for the Bills played safety this was his second year in the league and Monday night versus uh, the Bills versus Bengals game in the first quarter. He made a tackle on T. Higgins, and when he went uh, to get up, and when he stood up after making the tackle on T. Higgins, he collapsed. And when I say collapsed, he fell flat on his back, and it was just like his soul like left his body, and he, everybody watched it on during the game and it was nationwide if not world news and the reason it was nationwide and world news was because this was a bigger injury than really anybody's ever seen and it wasn't like a it wasn't just about oh like he he hurt his head or oh he hurt his leg it wasn't a normal injury he collapsed he lost consciousness and he had to be given CPR for nine minutes on the field while on a stretcher, while an ambulance was on in the middle of the field with all of his players and teammates surrounding him. Literally was not breathing for nine minutes. Had to get the electric shock twice to revive him. And then... Luckily, they were able to find a pulse, get his breath back. He was taken to the University of Cincinnati and has been breathing through a machine for at least the past 48 hours, if not longer. Everybody is wishing him and praying for him to stay alive because I don't think I've ever heard of an NFL player actually dying on the field and this has been the closest thing I've ever seen and it was honestly very heartbreaking, hard to watch and I can imagine for the players it was very traumatizing. And I I just want to say too, uh, the way the fans reacted to this, both on Buffalo's side and the Bengals' side, they handled it tremendously. I mean, one, to have a game be suspended in the first quarter 
is tough, but to be acknowledging and to, to, to know that, you know, it was the right thing to do, to, that the game stopped and that they didn't seem angry, they just wanted him to be okay, I think that was the best case scenario for a fan turnout that could happen because literally DeMar, he essentially died on the field. I mean, obviously he didn't because, you know, he's, he's in critical conditions still, but to not be breathing and to have CPR performed, that means you're not alive. He's technically not dead, but he's not alive. And for the fans to be as considerate and just know that, you know, praying for him and worrying about him, is it's good to see that nobody had, like, you know, any bad reactions. Because they could have just been a lot, I think, worse, especially depending on the fan base. And I know, like, Bill's Mafia and even probably some Bengals fans are crazy. But nobody, I don't think anybody in their right mind would ever wish somebody to go through what DeMar and his family have gone through. Any of the players either. Like, nobody would. And if if, if you're a fan and you do, like, you don't deserve football and you don't deserve to to watch th- this this game and... It it really it really just showed that the fans knew that this moment was more than the game, more than fantasy, more than more than anything that really mattered in terms of football. Because football didn't matter. It was Demar's life that mattered, and the players' well-being and mental health that mattered, which is right. I don't think. The NFL's reaction was great at the at the beginning because uh, I I don't know who I mean obviously people you think would want to see the game or at least that's what they thought that people would want to see the game but in reality nobody wanted to see the game like especially knowing what the players just witnessed so I think the NFL trying to make the players take a five minute practice time before going back out like that was a bad idea that was a bad move it, it was definitely the right decision to suspend the game and not play it and they I I think they just announced it last night that they aren't gonna that they don't have any plans to replay the game and I honestly think that's the right thing to do because mentally for the players at least it, it'd be too hard to go especially to go back to the the stadium and to, to you know remember what just happened. I'm glad the coaches and the captains kind of knew what was going on and uh, getting the signals from their teammates that you know probably wasn't that wasn't a good idea to to play the game and to continue. And uh, it was definitely the right move to suspend the game. But it w- it was also interesting to see the media's reaction. And I think like ESPN did a good job of not showing the actual CPR. And to just, you know, show players' faces and to go on, to keep going on the breaks. So I, I think they handled it as well as they could. And it's just a really tough to situation and something that nobody ever really plans for. And, uh, you know, I, I know stadiums, they'll plan for, like, natural disasters and th- things like that. 
how to evacuate and stuff. And and when it comes to like on-field player safety and the health and wellness of the players, it was the right move to you know stop the game and not let them play on because even a few years ago, you know when Ryan Shazier paralyzed. He, he, his, his spine, he, he paralyzed, he was paralyzed in, I believe, a, I can't remember if it was a Baltimore game or a Bengals game, or, I don't I don't remember who they played, but, you know, the fact that they still played that game, it does, like, I I, th- I even heard a little bit of them talking about it on the news that, you know, all that people were thinking about was Ryan Shazier and, is he okay, Is how, how is he doing, what is, like, it mentally, I think, and emotionally, it would have been very difficult to play through that and then let alone like watch your your teammate go through CPR is is also like the same thing and I think the NFL made the right decision to call it this game so yeah but the the players reaction too I think really told you like how they felt and then what they what they saw was like legit scary to them because when you think about it you know who's whoever sees Anybody go through CPR, unless you're a doctor and you handle that sort of thing. Like, even that, for them, is probably super scary because the doctors, you know, they have to save a life. Whereas, you know, players, they're not used to seeing that. They're not used to seeing their teammate or anybody that they know know or have talked to to have given CPR right in front of them. For nine minutes straight, mentally, to not really know if he's gonna make it, is he gonna be alive? Is how is he doing? I I can honestly say that uh, it'd be very tough for them, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're they're still emotionally and mentally not ready or fully recovered for the next game because it's a lot to process. And even though Demar Hamlin right now as far as I know, is on a better path to recovery. He's still in critical condition. He he still has to be in your thoughts and prayers. So, yeah, I I just thought it was a really big moment in sports, especially considering that never happens. And And also considering how violent the game of football is, to have it really be like it was a non contact injury that just happened. And that was like a worst case scenario. And people didn't know if he was going to live or not. It shows the, the way they handle it that, you know, football is just a game and, you know, the players' safety and mental health and wellness is far superior than football, which is totally correct. It being the championship week in fantasy football, a lot of teams were relying on players in this game to possibly win their championship or move on and to be, and you know, I even though I had, I had Joe Burrow and Devin Singletary starting. I was trying to get third, the third place from for money, but does it really matter when some something like this happens, where a football player essentially is in a life or death situation and they stop the game? Does fantasy football matter? No, your bets don't matter. Your money doesn't matter. And if it does to you, then you are honestly, honestly, you're a terrible person, and you don't deserve fantasy football, because first of all, fantasy football, you never know what's going to happen. Anyways, when I knew this was happening, 
and that the game got suspended, I was just still in shock that, you know, this even happened. Like, this never happens in football. And if you're mad that it happened, you know, stop being mad. Like, jeez, it's, it's a game. Like, who cares? And nobody could control it. It was one of those things that it's like a one in a million thing that happens. And I would just thank God that you're okay and that you're not Damar Hamlin. Because you don't want to be in that situation that he's in. And you just got to pray pray and have him in your your thoughts and prayers. Well, I guess that was the, the Damar Hamlin piece. Hope, again, he's in, have him in your thoughts and prayers because, you know, he's still... He's still fighting for his life. And I really hope that he can come out of it. And see. The good that people. Are, are surrounding him with. And the prayers that people have made for him. And if you haven't already. I would heavily suggest. Going to GoFundMe. And help with Damar Hamlin's toy drive. It already raised 4 million dollars. In 24 hours. After somebody found it. Um. If you're thinking about him, make sure you donate. This podcast, I was also going to talk about uh, weeks 15 through 17. So, here's what I'll do. I'll go through a couple of uh, big things that happened. I'll see how it goes. So, starting off with week 15 in the NFL. Personally, I thought this was the best week of the NFL regular season. Kind of in a while. I mean, it was one of those weeks where... um, there were like five or six games that were huge comeback victories. And just really good, solid games. Games included uh, the Bills versus Dolphins, Bengals versus Bucks, Raiders, Patriots, Giants versus Commanders, Lions, Jets, Jaguars versus Cowboys. And there, I, I counted them myself. There were only two games in Week 15 that had over a 10-point deficit. Two games. And it was 10 points and 12 points. Every other game was within one, was a one-score game. That's how good Week 15 was for football. Not to mention the comebacks. The Bengals to overcome the Bucks, the The Lions to beat the Jets. And the Jaguars to come back, I believe by 21 points, to beat the Cowboys. And, and then, then there's also the Raiders-Patriots. Where the Raiders probably don't know if they're the luckiest or the Patriots are the dumbest team to try when it's tied game with like five seconds left. When the the Raiders kicked off, that the Patriots try to you know lateral the ball and it gets intercepted by Chandler Jones and gets run back for a touchdown to end the game when they could have just kneeled it tried to get a win in overtime instead they they lateral it with when it's tied and it gets intercepted like if if I'm Bill Belichick one I'd have to take a long look in my in the mirror because your players aren't playing like (laughs) like you'd expect them to and to be completely honest I think ever since Tom Brady left the Patriots in general, haven't been the same, like, all around the board. And their defense is still very strong. They have some of the best players in football on that defense. 
yet they still, like, they're just making such dumb mistakes. It's not a Bill Belichick team. If anything, I think Bill Belichick's style of coaching is kind of going downhill. It's not really working with the new generation. It's not really hitting something. It's, If anything, it's probably people just don't want to play for him anymore. Maybe that has nothing to do with it, but I think that's that was one of the biggest takeaways was the Raiders won because the Patriots possibly made the dumbest play in NFL history. Then there's Week 16, where the Cowboys beat a Jalen Hurtsless Eagles team. The Rams destroy the Broncos with Cam Akers and their defense. The Packers beat the Dolphins to keep their playoff dreams alive. The Saints stun the Browns in Cleveland. And Brady gets a big dub versus the Cardinals. You know, one thing I will say about Week 16, and uh, particularly with the Eagles, was how much I think Jalen Hurts means to the Eagles team and what he brings to the table. Now, Gardner Minshew played a great game in Dallas. Don't get me wrong, he played a great game. But with the way Jalen Hurts played and has been playing as the team's starting quarterback all season, they have been playing lights out with him. They're another level. He's a bit. He's a bigger threat with his legs, and I love the fact that he's a he's a he's a runner, and he keeps defenses on their toes, and that's something Gardner Minshew can't do. He doesn't have that ability. He doesn't have the giant legs that Hurts has, and he can't really escape like Hurts can, and that might be the biggest threat. Besides maybe his arm. And uh, as well as his connection with his wide receivers. But that was like the biggest thing from from that week. And then week 17. Biggest news was Patriots beat the Dolphins. Saints topped the Eagles for the Eagles third loss of the season. This is also with, without Jalen Hurts. Giants. They secure a playoff spot. The Jags. And the Chargers look ready for a playoff run, in my opinion. The Chiefs narrowly escape the Broncos in Arrowhead. The Bucks secure a playoff spot with a W over the Panthers. The Vikings sent the Packers... Oh no, the Vikings sent were sent packing by the Packers. They lost horribly, 41-17 to them. And then the Steelers get to 8-8. Eight and eight, And they're a 500 team, baby. So... Good job, Mike Tomlin, getting the, the Steelers to uh, to uh, the 500 season. Hopefully, if we get one more win and some other stuff happens, then we'll be a playoff team again somehow in some way. But Kenny Pick has been playing great, and the whole team's been um, the defense has been lights out, especially with T.J. Watt on the field, and uh, really been loving what I've been seeing from them. Keep up the good work, boys. Doing good. Uh, yeah. Um. That was really the episode. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this week. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out. Sounds like Sam Podcast. And uh, yeah, should be a lot more to come this year. Again, I'm trying to do uh, two podcasts a week. So see how that goes. But yeah, thanks again. Peace.